Yeah, here we go. Hey, it's BT with Tales from the Gemini, and I love... Thank you so much, Malik. I love having my... I, I love my guests, but I actually... I really, really love when I have an in-guest studio. My in-guest studio is one of the most fascinating people, honestly, of locals... I just fascinating people, period. And honestly, I didn't think you ever liked me as just as a person. Because I always, I, I got that Kevin feel like, I, I guess I always feel like, like, you treated me like, like I owed you money and I had it but didn't pay you. So I was like, hey, and you're like, hey. And I was like, I don't think this, I don't think this girl likes me. So my guest is Hannah Rushline, comedian extraordinaire and just an all around interesting person. From here in Indiana, uh, Terre Haute. Clay City, so smaller. It's 70 minutes west of here. Oh, my God. Rural. Yeah, I grew up in Drive Your Tractor to School Day, Indiana, <laughs> which, as you know, is a super cool place to be raised mixed. Uh, I stuck out like a sore chopstick, uh, but I am from here. I am homegrown Hoosier, yeah. which is kind of what I've been, you know, saying on along the campaign trail for the last... <laughs> Year plus was, you know, I'm from here, but I'm not dumb here. <laughs> I like but that. I'm as much in this fucking shit as yeah. anybody else. So. Well, you know, I'm originally from Oklahoma, so coming here was like, it's like Indiana's like Oklahoma with a better racetrack. That's what I always say. It's basically the same people. It really is. For you know sure. what I mean? So, and you have an interesting background because your mom is Filipino. Correct. And your dad is German. Heritage, yeah. So, oh. small town Indiana, white boy, born and raised, mom, banana boat, Filipino. <laughs> so, how'd they meet? Culmination me. How'd they meet? How'd, how'd they meet? Uh, you would think it would be something like the military or something yeah. else like stereotypical yeah, but it's not um dad was a former hippie uh kind of just like piece of shit like me before and then he found jesus in his 30s oh, became the worst. a pastor oh and that's the worst to bible college in san diego met my mom who had heard a like a somebody named morris cerullo a former like evangelist preach in the philippines and just felt drawn to convert from Catholicism to Christianity and end up at that same Bible college. And that's where they met. Okay. And then they came back here. To- why would you, if you were in San Diego, why would you move from San Diego to Indiana? I mean, that's backward. I mean, if you've been to San Diego, I have. it's the greatest place on earth. Yeah. It goes San Diego and then heaven. That's how nice San Diego is. The greatest weather, I think, honestly, in the world, or it, it, it's at least in the United States, it's the greatest weather. Seriously. It's right. Number one, it's like always like 82 with that ocean breeze. Why would you go back to Indiana from San Diego? That right there. They like it. You know, they want, they're, they're older, they're boomers, they're just, uh... But San Diego. I know. But it's San Diego, you can surf. I mean, tractors, surfing. I mean, seriously. I think of all the decisions that were made that led to me being here on this <laughs> podcast, and I think, across the board, a bunch of people doing bad math. <laughs> Which, for my Asian mom and me, that does a bad look, but, uh, we're doing it. <laughs> but you were born, okay, so you were born right, so you had nothing to compare it to. Right. Oh, no. And the crazy thing is, even being 37 years old, having had like a 15 year, you know, drinking problem, basically a battle with alcoholism, I never left. So it's like I always had like I was in high school all the way up to drinking. I would like I wanted to go out of state. I just couldn't imagine I was going to contribute to the brain drain here, you know, and then immediately I go to IU, I start drinking, I drop out and that becomes the next 15 years of my life. Up wow. until about 950 or so, some odd days. That's a, like. Wow. Yeah. So, like, there's a million times I wanted to be gone, but I was drinking so much and just basically, you know what I mean? Just in that, that I was here. And so now, what's crazy is that last year, probably in the. In the early part of the year, my plans were to move to Chicago on the way to L.A. for just comedy. I wanted more open mics. I felt like I was not outgrowing things here, but I just wanted, you know, a, a little new injection of energy. 
And now, you know, having endured COVID for the past, you know, year plus, and then also just like some personal losses and different things, I've found more drawn to stay here than ever, which sounds crazy. Yeah. But it's simply because of the fact that I know that my voice here like truly carries and it carries like something that's like bigger than me. Now, when you say your voice, you mean your voice in comedy or just your voice, period? Both. Okay. You know, how long have you been doing comedy? How long have you been doing comedy? I'm approaching my fourth year. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And the first first year and a half I was doing comedy BT was the death throes of my alcoholism. So like my first year and a half on stage, I don't remember being on stage at all. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What like, you- I was always popular. You know, like, none of that ever changed. I was always myself and a person that people cared about, but I was just incredibly troubled. So, like, my first year and a half of comedy, like I said, was the end of that that journey with alcohol for me. But it's like, I remember, like, my first open mic ever at Shoefly, like, 15 of my buddies came. So, like, what's still happening now and the ability to sell out shows, like, that's just more a testament to, like, the work I've done and, you know what I mean, the things in between as opposed to, like, who I was. Yeah. Because people were showing up for me. It's just now they really, you know what I mean? They're like, they're not going to turn back because of, you know, the the progress forward we've made just in general. Okay. So when did you start drinking? About 18 and a half. I was late to that party. Like I said, small town, born and raised, Asian mom, pastor dad, and not of the cool kind of church where they diddle kids and like <laughs> drink box wine. We're talking, I was doing heavy CrossFit BT, like that kind of, you know, five services a week, oh. people speaking in tongues. Like I know the Bible, like the back of my hand, I could quote scripture and blackout. And frankly, the crazy thing is, it's not crazy really, but I still have a semblance of of a religious like background in like you know like a, a practicing it's, faith it you stays know? with you though it, it does For it stays sure. with and you. mine has evolved mine is definitely a hybrid spirituality right it's challenging it's yes. challenging to my parents yeah but, uh, now are they still old the old school like that like uh, like fire and brimstone basically For sure. still, okay yeah, but they 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 don't know how to step out of that step out okay like you know that it's like blinders on this is the way it's going to be and it's great that you had the the wherewithal to go okay i still have that grounded like i still believe and, 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 now, i don't know if i'm speaking for you still believe that there's a higher power but maybe it's not more spirituality because this doesn't really make sense because you know what i mean if you see the world today this doesn't really make sense and how, how can you correlate these two 100 percent. and i you know i had some tough conversations with with my parents last year, but I was, I'm thankful to be able to do it sober and clearly. And in a way that's, you know, like truly coming from a space that's like centered and grounded because, you know, like I was saying with my hybrid spirituality is like, I'll go to, I'll go to Traders Point Christian church or somewhere here in town every now and then if I feel like it. But then I call my pussy Squirt Curry. <laughs> you know, so it's like, so like you on squirt, stage, squirt, you know what I mean? I'm about curry. to get merch made. So it's like, that's a, that's tough. You know, I know a lot of Christians aren't going to look at that and be like, uh, that's it. But I get, but I guarantee you, if you look at everything I do on a day-to-day basis, you will see forth the face of God. I, first <laughs> of know? all, first of all, no. No, we gotta, I, I'm not going to let that one go. Is squirt, how did you come up with Squirt Curry? Well, I'm a big NBA fan. I got seven tattoos. <laughs> I'm just being honest, BT. I have seven tattoos. Two of my seven tattoos are sports related. This is a true story. Okay. My first one ever I got when I was 20, it's the Pacers, Colts, Yankees logos. Those are my favorite teams. Okay. And then another one I got on the day that Kobe Bryant fell from the sky. I know, tough yeah, day, yeah, tough day. Yeah, it was. But I got a little... Uh, like a little, like a little tattoo on a thought spot on my non-existent side boob, and it's eight point nine in shot clock format, and that's for Reggie Miller's eight points in eight point nine seconds. Wow! Which is my favorite sports memory of all time. Well, and he saw you perform. No, he did not see me uh, perform. But, but, He's followed me for the last year on social media. That's it. 
And he basically saw me all last year. You know, I buried five friends. That's just like the, the reality of kind of the seasons of life I'm going right. through, you know, and I like never left the stage and I was just out there and doing all this stuff. And so basically, like I said, I got that, I got that 8.9 tattoo and I like tagged him in it. And the cool thing about Reggie is Reggie online on Instagram, if you tag him and stuff and it's reasonable, he'll just like reshare it. You know what I mean? He'll, uh, uh, no, he'll, he did it to you. I follow Reggie. He's never done that shit to me. No, sir. Have you tagged him? No, listen, <laughs> Reggie, if you know, Reggie races bicycles now. I do. Yeah. So I, you know, I, Reggie, bye bye. Nothing. <laughs> nothing so that's that's a woman that's a hot woman thing okay. it's not a, it's not an everybody thing so, and so yeah so me and reggie so basically what, you and reggie see you can say like a friend me and reggie well, really i followed that motherfucker for the so past eight years this is what happened though i can honestly say this this is i mean i i want to say this story just to people so they understand the organic nature of how how things come to be mm-hmm. you know but it's like basically september 2019 before we went you know like would go into covid that next year I did my first L.A. show ever. It was called Motherland. Okay. And it had everybody on the show had like TV credits, you know, like as seen on Netflix and mine says red flag comedy. And yeah. I looked like a fucking it was a picture they chose from evening at the authors where I looked like I was coming out of Studio 54. People were confused. <laughs> I did it. I want I was so nervous that I was like, OK, what am I going to do to feel grounded or just myself? You know, so I wore my childhood Reggie Miller jersey, which I'm prone to doing. My boobs never came in, so it still fits. <laughs> uh, put it on. Wore it. Somebody took my picture. I went to sleep that night and I just like tagged Reggie in it, you know, put the picture up and I was like, hey, just did my first Cali show, wore my childhood Reggie Miller jersey, you know, like little pray hands emojis, like, you know, bless up. Yeah. Went to sleep. The next morning, I see that like he had just shared it. Okay. Just so like nothing, but yeah. still, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm a homegrown Hoosier. Like I told you, I was, we used to go to Market Square Arena and sit in the nosebleeds, yeah. you know, and come into town to watch basketball. So, like, all my favorite sports memories are from that era. So, I was immediately, I was like, this is the coolest thing to ever happen to me. Right. Now we skirt into the next year, 2020 starts. All hell starts breaking loose. Kobe, the thing. I get the 8.9 for Reggie. I tag him again, and it's like about that time is where I think somewhere in the early part of the year he started following me. So it wasn't just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's following. So. Whose phone is that? It's somebody's phone. Whose phone is that? Not mine. Not mine either. Okay, Okay, anyway. Okay. So he starts following me, but you know, still, I mean, just still a cool thing, but whatever. Yeah. And so the whole year, like I said, I just started slowly putting buddies in the ground and doing the things, and I was feeling all kinds of angst all year because I thought we had an active shooter in the White House, because we did. So yeah. uh, good on that guy being gone. Yeah. Uh, get over it, everybody. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. It's we'll mostly get... for the racists on the yeah, street. We'll get... <laughs> <laughs> you can't see on this podcast, yeah. but people are walking by, and I want them yeah. to know how I feel. Yeah, we'll get to that. But we'll he basically, it just like, I would see every now and then, you know, I'd go on live streams, and I'd be like, hi, and crying. And yeah. Just imploring everyone to, you know, take time to like take care of themselves and each other and be gentle with our mentals and care about the right stuff. Yes. Yeah. So he just started watching what I did as a person. So like he's Reggie Miller has never seen me do comedy aside from maybe those little lives or like whatever. Yeah. And he's a busy person. Right. You know, we know how this works. Yes. Yes. But long story short, it got to the place where like starting last fall. He would just like, even on my, like, if I'd put a quality sort of a post on my Instagram grid where I was like talking about good hearted things. Yes. Not thirst traps or bullshit. Which but you do. Good stuff. Like yeah, you really do. Race, I know. It's it's as much of my platform as any of the stupid yes, shit. It in is. fact, it, yes, took, it, is. it took prominence last year and I don't think I'll ever change it. Yeah. Because that's just who I am and yeah. now and that's where I've settled into and want to be. But he basically would just like comment stuff like baller. And I was like, whoa, this is getting wild. <laughs> now this gets all the way to December and where the coolest thing in the world happens to me. 
I was just down the street when it happened, but I uh, I had just been in Indie Monthly. Okay. Congratulations, I, I by the way. I got a third of a page. Yeah, a third of a page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your dreams are to have a third of a page in Indie Monthly for your style, I was in my look, and I had... Once again, that Reggie Miller jersey on because I always. I wear saw it. that. No, I saw that. Play, play that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look great in that. Thank by the way, that's I mean a professional. It. That's a professional shooter. Yes, you look Dude, great. He made me look like a fucking gym. Like no, I was, you look. No, we were like crying, laughing. No, <laughs> he no, was, but you look great though. He was dying. I yeah. um, but I basically like I just post up. I post some stuff about it, and I just will never forget. It was like one. It was an evening, and I was at the Whole Foods down the street, and I was in the parking lot, and I get on my cell phone. And I just see, like, I had posted something about that article, or the little piece, and I see that I have, like, three missed messages from Reggie, okay? And I'm like, that's weird, because I know, like, on Instagram, if you don't know how IG works, it's like, if somebody reposts your stuff, yeah. it'll show up in your messages as, like, something they did. But it's not necessarily a message, it's just like, hey, they tagged you in something and whatever. And, but I'm just like, I didn't post anything today that he could have shared. Yeah. So immediately my mind is like, what's happening? And then that's when I realize I get on Instagram and I realize that Reggie Miller has created in December three slides of original content for me. Like Reggie Miller put up three slides to half a million people, including Leonardo DiCaprio, that said he took my own video, the video that my buddy shot at the Indie Monthly shoot, spliced it down. On his own. These aren't things like I said that I tagged him in and then he just put up. Yeah. He created these for me. And the first one is like a little bit of video and it's like follow at hander pump rules like uh, total badass. Second slide, another video of me, total. Uh, it was like something else. like just. And then the third slide said uh, one of the funniest comics I know. And wow. I, and I threw up in that parking lot. It just like was like. It was so overwhelming, but such a powerful moment for me of just like an understanding where I'm like, oh, you cried your way there. Your hero posted. So that had to just overwhelm you. With- I haven't talked to a dude since. I am like, <laughs> double middle fingers and jack offs for your girl. Like, you can't uh, tell me anything. My hometown hero. Can't tell you it's like shit. The, Drake could put me up. Anyone could do anything. But it's like, it's not as meaningful to me as that. That is. But it was such a cool thing, BT. And that's what I'm really just trying to say is like, that is really just the result of a million different things but truly just being kind of in alignment with who you are and somebody being able to like hear that like resonate with your frequency and I'm, I'm so thankful for it it's absolutely absurd I mean like my buddies were calling me like a friend called me crying that night she's like you're on Reggie Miller's story and I'm like I don't wow. I know wow I don't know what to say to you but the cool thing is like I'll send him messages like when he had a daughter his new daughter and I was just yes. like congrats to you and the fam sending you love and he's like always sending like you like whatever. And he's even sent me messages before where he's like, you're on your way. So like whatever that is, and and I don't even know, like I said, I just don't know how we got here aside from just being here the whole time and doing the things. But, and it's not even like anything crazy's come of it. However, it's just like that understanding that like I was, I'm being seen and like, that's like carrying beyond. That is beautiful. It really is. No, it really. And I mean, it from the bottom heart, that's great for you. But, you know, I congratulate him on his races that he got like third or fourth. Hey, congratulations, Reggie. Keep it up, buddy. And I know <laughs> and I know one of the, the, uh, the ladies he trained, who's a world champion, who was on this show and everything. And I say, hey, man, talk to Annika, blah, blah, you know. Nothing, really? And you? I'm like, okay, thanks, Rich. I pre- Can we talk about having Reggie on the show? I was like, ah, he ain't going to talk to me now. <laughs> you and him are like this. But, but, I mean, but honestly, is- though, I mean, I'll joke aside, I think that's great. Because where were you at mentally before that, though? 
I mean, in a tough place. Yeah. And I still kind of am. That's, you know, that's part of the reason, like I said, that I shifted off comedy being what leads for me and more on the other side of like my humanity because of the fact that it's like, I've never gone to sleep. I realized last year, I've never gone to sleep since I was a little kid and woke up and wasn't one of the funniest people in a room. Just naturally, that's who I am. Yeah. That's who I've always been. Right. I got to comedy late, but whatever. I already had 30 plus years on me and I'm glad, you yeah. know, to have had like that experience. You had experience to talk and about that ability, yeah. you know, but I realize right now it's like, I just understand there's so many bigger voices out there that need amplified. And it was just better for me to go ahead and make a sound for those things instead of my own. But at the same time, look what happened. It still directly benefited me as well. You know, so right. like, that's the beautiful thing about giving to others. It never keeps you. I've never had a blessing in my life that was like kept another person from one of theirs. Okay. Like people got to kind of get out of that like mindset, you know, like an understanding that it's like we can, there's just so many ways to do this. Right. There are so many ways to just uh, be good. But I think that, you know, I encourage you if you have a platform and you're out there and you have a heart for the kinds of things that I do, that you for, you start figuring out how to incorporate that into your professional life as well. So they become as like seamless as, you know, anything else. Well, okay, now, you know, to go back a little bit to the drinking part, was that just a, a regular, like, you know, kids, I mean, they, they drink. I mean, but was it for you, was it masking something else, or were you just drinking just a drink and then it got out of hand? Both, I, I feel, probably. It's hard to tell. I definitely am an alcoholic, you know what I mean? I can say that. It's like when I, like I said, I didn't drink in high school as being a pretty good firstborn pastor's daughter, you know, and I went to IU scholarship, and I started drinking there, and immediately it just, like, got sauced and didn't stop. So, like, when I tell you... I was drinking for 15 years. I mean, in excess, minimum 10 drinks a day, but most of probably the last few years of that, I was probably up in the 15 to 20 range of drinks um, I, every single day. So imagine at some point, it's like even when I was doing comedy that first year and a half, I would write my jokes sober. I'm an English major. So like they would be good. And a lot of my jokes from the very beginning are still uh, building blocks of things I say now, but it's just totally different. By the time I'd be on stage at any given point, whether it was an open mic level or when we created Red Flag and I'd start getting booked a little bit, I was a liability, you know, because it's like, I'd, who knows where I'd be on the Fifty Shades of Blacked Out. And I right. would be like, I mean, I would get up there and my punchlines would swim. And Dyke used to like scream up to me at the stage to try to get me back on track with jokes that he knew I knew, but I would be so fucked up. Wow. Okay, so... Like, what was your plan when you first went to, I mean, what was the plan going into school? What was, what was going to be your major? What was going to be your life, your life's plan? Political, I was a double major, political science, mm -hmm. philosophy, emphasis pre-med. I so, wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, and I was just, like, interested in all of those things. But I, you know, but I also just, like, I've realized over time, like, school wasn't really my thing. I've always, like, hated it. Yeah. Even having a big brain, like being in there, I have attendance issues. Yeah. You know, I've done four days in Marion County Jail. Like, I, authority <laughs> and those kinds of things and people telling me what to do has never been... The, the one down here? The one down here on Washington Street? Which one? The one on Washington Street? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been in, I've been in that one. Yeah, I've been I, did, in that one. I did three. I did, yeah, a, I did, I did a holiday weekend. I did, I did a day. I did a day. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it felt good. It was good. I take quicker showers now. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you do. 
If you've been in jail, Dude, you take the quick, the quick I mean, you can enjoy yourself, but you'll definitely take some quick <laughs> Yes. Yes. I think about jail. You learn the quick shower. Get in, get out, baby. Get in, get out. You know what I mean? Man, oh, man. Okay. So, so. But yeah, but it just took a totally different turn. Yeah. And, but the cool thing is, is like I realize like I have a lot of those like interests in me still. Right. And I'm getting better as I get older, even with comedy, even now starting to headline and just those little things and blessings. But just making sure that like I'm staying in balance. And I realize like, yeah, if I wanted to do all that when I went to school and I was going to spend my scholarship money on that, then truly I have an interest and a desire and, a, and, a, and a, like a, a curiosity for all these different types of things in life. So like I'm just figuring out ways nowadays to make sure that like all the different parts of me are like feeling like they're being represented. And even on the stage, like, you know, when you first start doing comedy, as you know, like you're never guaranteed to do more than five ever, right, right. ever. There's right. some people who will ever only do five. That's, you know, as, as no matter like what they do. Yeah. And so now kind of extending into these spaces, though, I realize now doing 30, 45, I have the ability to really make sure like and then say all the things I want that are, you know, it doesn't just have to be Hannah and like, ha 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 talking about my girl gash funny. It's like, oh, I got an ability to talk about that. And in the very next breath, talk about, you know, the Asian American racism that's going on, Black Lives Matter, all those things like the, the election, all those things became important to me. And anything that's important to me comes out on stage. Well, I think that's and I wanted to get to that. But first of all, because I love that angle of growing up the way you did, like I said, was there any other Asian kids in your I know small town? Hell so, no. you know, OK, so and we're half white. You right, know what right. I mean? So imagine like how little that diversity is like that's a. Uh, that's my siblings. That's me, Mela, and TL, and then my mom. That was the only ones in town that had any other ethnicity. Oh. And we're walking around with the white pastor dad that everyone knows. You know what I mean? And I still battled so, whimsical yeah. racism. But, but that's, that's, that's what I mean. Okay, so anybody with growing up, even they probably were friends to you, did they ever say things to you that you look back now that were racist or, or back then? Oh, did you kind of like God. let it glance off and go, huh, I wonder if that was, but you let it kind of go, and then now you look back like, I should have said something back For then. For sure. I mean, I got called, the thing is, not having an Asian population where I was, that you know, people are not only, like, not dumb to ethnicity, but they, they definitely have no knowledge or basis in it. They haven't no. seen it, and if they haven't traveled or been around, like, they don't, know, how would they know? So it's like, I would, my mom's from the Philippines. Or they don't want to know. Yeah, for sure. Or yeah. They don't care. But my mom's from the Philippines, but we got called everything from gook to chink to spick. You know, depending on how tan I was, that's just how people are. They called you a gook for sure. Like, like, like what was the con? What was the con? What happened? You know, I don't even know. These are just things I would hear on the playground. And the thing is, like I was telling you, I've always been a very funny kid. Right. Like I've like been out there just making people piss laugh. So it's right. like I also though like in that racism as a kid that I was enduring, I had a a really like nice sense of self, even right. as a youngster. Where like yeah. I looked at racist and I'd be like. Oh, wow. How sad for you. Even as a kid where I'm like, oh, it is so stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't even know my actual ethnicity, which makes it so funny that a neighbor one whole school year called my brother Filipinas. Because now looking back, I'm like, Jason, you were a fucking a look at you, dude. Like yeah. a hillbilly, like a, like a woke hillbilly, like ethnicity whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I don't even. And it's funny. Yeah. It's a great joke yeah. where I'm like, but I mean, overall, in general, like just a very low level of understanding of other races and even the indiana i live in now at 37 as opposed to a seven-year-old is similar oh now does 
has it gotten to the point now, maybe that you've gotten older and you see how things are, especially, you mentioned it, in the last four years, that it, it just kind of like, you, it, I feel like that the racism became more now out in the open and just blatantly. And it, it, has it caused a tension where it's an underbub? Like, because I think sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, like, being a woman sometimes, and not to demean that, but, I mean, no. but you know, it's going to come in different ways because at first I say it's a woman, it's different, but being a woman and a hot woman, and it, you're going to get it, but you're going to get it different and in, in two ways, though, if, if it makes sense. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to get it more blatantly, or somebody was coming to your face, or there might be subliminal behind me, or yeah, I hear that, or I know how you're coming at me with, where you, it might be a little more subtle, but you can still feel it, but you're still a woman, so. For sure. And I, and I occupy such a weird space, too, because you, like, the little, you, you've seen me, BT, like, out and about, it's like, I have very bro-like tendencies, too. Yeah. So, like, I'm always in these spaces where, and I think people, you know, it's like a lot of things that are said to me over time is, like, having a, a vibrant sense of humor. It's like a lot of that I just kind of let people say things over time because I was making similar jokes, too. I still make Asian jokes on stage, but the difference is what I'm telling people from stage is I can. I can. You know what I mean? Right, right. You can't. But even, like, you know, like, that's how that's yeah. supposed to, you know, that's how that works. Like, that's... That's the thing. It, but it's even even now, like when I when I will say out loud on stage where I'm like, oh, yeah, I was called things like gook and chink. Like people in the audience will be like, <gasps> you know, like some of them like, oh, yeah. I can't believe it. You know, and I'm like, you don't have to tighten up. I was called it by pricks that look like you on the playground. Yeah. I, yeah I, but no, that's what always killed. Like, you know? oh, my God, that really had me go. Really? And even if you're not <laughs> saying like Asian jokes or women jokes or black jokes in a way that's like where you're really trying to be misogynist or racist about it is still just contributing to a toxic dialogue yes like okay has there been a time though where like maybe even if it wasn't on stage where where you kind of you felt like because you know you say like you know you go back and forth and like i'll say this and that but where you go you know what i kind of should have said something or i kind of shouldn't have let that i kind of shouldn't have let that ride or i shouldn't have let that be whimsical and joked back with it in a way or i should have stood up and go hey no motherfucker you know i don't like what you said or i mean has it ever gotten to that point it had to have been or or, or you kind of got mad at yourself for sure i think a million times i felt that way yeah you know yeah but that's just one of those things like going forward i only know now right you know the things that that we that we can demand and want for ourselves you know that's right. the crazy the the sucky part about all the the racism coming out in the way that it did is that you know it is more dangerous and it feels more volatile than ever yeah, it How, really does however yes it does allow you know what i mean because of how blatant you know that became for the entire other side who's sitting there and going this isn't cool well now like not only is it not cool we actually have to condemn it we have to come out and do things, you know. When it's like swept under the rug, racism, it's like it's only confronted when talked about. Now it's everywhere. It's prevalent, you mm-hmm. know. The one thing that, you know, Donald, I do not like him at all. Yeah. But I, uh, the one thing I will say for him, you know what I mean? He popped a pimple in a way that was like, it takes a person like him to do. A very polarizing, almost, I don't want to say Hitler-esque figure, but you have to have these humans that get stuff so ugly and scary. Yes. You know, whether they're, it's like even Donald, I don't think he's incredibly like smart or even bad. He is just, he's a puppet of a system that's a way bigger. 
you know, and uglier. And well, now we're seeing. But he like, exposed that 100%. system. He exposed it. And now, because before him, people didn't really talk about systemic race. No, I mean, you don't hear this about systemic race. But then again, black people always knew it. We we're like, yeah, man. For I sure. mean, you know what I mean? But, but nobody ever, no one ever listened to us. And, and I feel like, I still feel like they don't. But that's why we need, like, allies. So he did expose that and he didn't in a weird way bring people together in a way going that's not how we want to be i mean that we're i mean i don't want to be that and that's why i felt like when the election came or whatever that you know they cheated whatever but i just felt like at some point down in people's marrow they go you know what i I just i don't want to be part of that anymore you know i I want it to be a better world so like for you and because it's recent and I mean, oh, because it's publicized recent and you saw what happened in Atlanta okay. and you saw what's happening now. And when he said that, when the coronavirus first started, I mean, how did it make you feel when he said, you know, Kung flu? Kung, when he said Kung flu, I mean, Kung flu, I laughed. I am going to say that right now, just Kung, for the record. Kung flu was Donald's best work. Kung flu made me mad that I did not. Everybody says that. With I, that. I, However. Yeah, but I definitely was also just like that's just make me made me more aware that I was like, oh, that's a person that does not value my like my ethnic group at all. You know, so it's like whether it's a stupid joke or not, it's just like that is from the from the helm of the president. <laughs> but he's a president. 100%. I mean, if anybody else, yeah, that's funny because it's comedy club and uh, ah, and you're saying ah, but when you're the president and you got your and you got your nut jobs who follow you like this mm-hmm. and who when he did, when he had those uh, uh, when he had those rallies and he talked about you know the, the Mexicans being rapists and the Muslims and the the fever pitch of the oh. crowd as violent as they got when they punched those black people, I was like, you kiss. I knew what his crowd was about and him saying that just opened up the floodgates i mean did you feel the same way 100 percent. i i mean i in essence i felt like i derailed my career last year you know what i mean on taking the stances that i did but like i said i just had no ability to go up there and stand for five to 50 minutes and not say things and not implore humans towards something i felt was more important to the overall conversation than whatever sorts of bits I had. And even now in time, I figured out how to work them both together, right. if that matters to you. you yeah. know, For some people, it's like, they'll never do that kind of comedy, and it's okay. I, in fact, it's not for the faint of heart, and I encourage not, you yeah. not to. It's not, I don't like going up there and doing stream of consciousness and all the kinds of stuff I do, but that's who I am, and that's just the way it works for me. You gotta be who you are. Yeah, I wish sometimes I had those very like structured sets where I could just come in, <laughs> rip 30, know it's exactly the same, and then get off there. But... And I think maybe in time there will be chapters where I will. However, right now that's not where we're at. But it, but if that's not who you are, I mean, because it's sure. like I, I you know I love I just love comedy period, and I love that I could watch somebody who can be just goofy and funny like Brian Regan mm-hmm. or clean and funny like like a Nate Bargatze. Or but then I love people who could sit up there and just make Miss Pat. I mean, Miss Pat. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, Miss Pat. And you sit there and just laugh, but it does make a point. And so about her journey in life, you know, but she makes incredible. Story. Yeah. Incredible story. It's I just that's what I love about comedy and, and people who are just goofy, but people make a point like Godfrey. Did you see Godfrey when he came in and ripped. I saw him Sunday do like bang two two and a half hours and just ripped. And I mean, he made everybody. Like, if you're white, you're like and your ass was puckered. Like, oh my god, this guy and didn't give a. F- I mean, and it's beautiful to watch. So I just love. And I, me personally, I still haven't found out what comic I want to be. There's sometimes I just want to be like, hey man, go, but, the, but then it's like I just feel like. Just, I just felt that burden 
that I, it's like you. It's like I, I just thought I have to say something and get this out, and I don't give a shit if they like it or not because it, 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 it burdens my soul. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a nut at home. I'm a nut job. And for you and I, it's a bad look if we don't. You know, I didn't I didn't just start condemning those things because it was like I wanted to do some kind of performative allyship. I did it because like I am Asian American. I have a distinctive viewpoint. Like we live in Indiana. Right. This was one of the fastest states to turn orange. I wasn't even out of the polls and they're like, We called it for Trump. And I was like, We're fucking sure we did. There's still a thousand people in line, doesn't even matter. And they're like, It's already noon. They're like, Go ahead, we called it. You know. But but I know what I'm up against, you know, and that's what I'm saying. I choose to stay, dude. Press the state to orange, dude. We were. He just marked you weren't his even out of the nah, It's over. It's done. It's a wrap. I just, like I said, I was making a statement, not that I thought it was going to shift anything, just to let everyone know, hey, I, you know what I mean? This is a blue heart, Bubba, like I'm walking around with you, you know, and I'm going to, and it's going to look tricky because I wear a Carhartt beanie often, you know, I got a little bit of a twang to my voice if I'm hungry or tired, I say John Deere gook. I think that's, these are things that can make a person feel confused. I just, uh, but I'm here. I mean, I, you know, I feel the same way. I always call, I call myself, you know, I'm a black redneck, you know, yeah. like, you know, I got a pickup truck, a motorcycle, I like rock and roll, you know, shit. But, you know, at the same time, Bo, but I'm still black though. And, and so here's, but here's the, here's the thing we're growing up where, you know, I got a couple years on you. So growing up the way I did. It was like, I always felt like, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, ah, please, you know, check me, is that like, I always felt, and this is just me, and because we had the same like maybe, man, seriously, maybe three or four agents in our class, and I had a big school, you know, it was like black, white, that kind of tension, but we had like maybe, maybe, I said four or five agents, maybe, and I knew, and so, but they always kind of, uh, sided with the whites in that way. I mean, they were more friends with them. So they, you know, they kind of acted, you know, like they were white. So it, they kind of like had that attitude. And my thing was always like, yeah, okay, whatever. But when it all turns, you know, when we're gone, they're going to come after you. And I always felt that. I always said, when we're gone, they're going to come after you because trust me. And I don't want anybody, I, I don't want anybody to go through what black people go through. That's why, and I hate that violence, you know, that, that we have, right. or, 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 or any kind of violence with the trans community, For with sure. the gay community. I don't want anybody to go. But I saw that, and I saw that happening when I was a kid. I said, okay, okay, you're going to side with the whites? Fine. But when we're gone or whatever, you know, they're going to turn on you. And you're going to be the black person and you're going to get it. And now that I see it and I saw it coming. So, like, was there a sighting? Like, when we went to college, was there like a, you know, did you, were your friends white? Were they, and did you, or did you see that? Were you conscious enough to see that? Or do you have friends of all kinds? At school, like in the college age, I started when I finally got into collegiate settings at IU and then ISU both. I started having more international friends uh-huh. and like making them. And I like, I, in time, like, I would have, like, I've had, now my circle is completely diverse. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. All the letters, all yeah. the genders, no genders, uh, yeah. all the colors. But back then it was still pretty white. You know, right. I definitely had a similar feeling to what you were ex- like ex- describing about those like four or five Asians in your school. Whereas like I still am half white. Right. So like I always kind of had that in my back pocket as well. You know, yeah. it's like it wasn't like siding with someone. It's just still half of my existence. I kind of had in there. So I was like, right. it was definitely more skewed towards geography and where I was located and also just like what mattered to me. Right. But it's definitely changed over time. But I think the, the thing is, even getting back to what you were talking about with uh, your comedy, it's like, 
I'm just shape shifting a lot. And I think that you can too. And I encourage people to do that. Like yeah. if something doesn't serve you, shed it, edit every day. Yeah. Like just, you know, like I just, I work every day to be incrementally better. You know like what? Even if it's just a step forward, a single step. And then guess what? What did it lead to a year later in the most topsy turvy half a million humans dead you know what i mean in the united Trust states me, sort yeah. of a year people's knees on necks and shooting up you know and like this asian hate crime it's like but that's it, you know it doesn't matter when you find when you get hip to something yeah. it doesn't matter when you find out like that that's not the way like right. a bunch of people did with trump last year but if you do find it out whenever and you do not make the necessary changes well you know, like you're going to have to sit with that. And I think there's just a lot less people nowadays who are willing to sit with that anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds. Oh, and I said, I said, I said, listen, it's, it sounds cheesy. It really does. And if I was if I was watching me right now out on the street, listening to me and watch me and I was maybe 15, 20 years ago, man, this dude's cheesy, man. What's this fucking <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'd be the first one to say this dude's cheesy. But man. It where I am now, yeah, I get it, man. Every day I just want to be a little bit better. I want to open it. I like having that open. I always felt like I had an open mind, but it's like I want to have a more open mind and more like, okay, I see it. And then, you know, and that's why I think it bothered me more to feel like we were going backwards in life. You know, I felt like, you know what I mean? You see like the same things happening. And I go, man, have we even made progress? Have we, I mean, as black people, have we made progress? That's why my problem with Catholicism is always like, you know, stereotypically, but not even stereotypically, it's just the truth. Black people are the most that go to church, like 83% of our community go to church. And I'm like, as a group, has it ever really worked out for us as a group? I mean, you know, you picture a white Jesus in a black church. And I saw a meme that said the best. He goes, oh, so this is the one white guy that's going to that's gonna treat you right. This is the one white guy that's going to gonna make sure you're going to get in there. And it made sense to me. And that's why my, you know, my question of Catholicism, and I understand it individually in faith and everything, but now I question everything. But now I do want to get better as a person every day. But it's hard. It's, it's incredibly hard now for me. It is. You know? None of this that we've been talking about today is possible without discipline. Without curiosity and meditation, oh, which you're meditate, into, yes. yeah, I know I, about we didn't that. Even get into that. I wasn't even gonna be like, no, I hey, love fuckers meditate. No, I love that your life, but it will. No, because you know what, honestly, and like I was, you know, I watched your stuff, and there was one video you put on Instagram. I couldn't watch it because it 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 took me to a place. I go, I I, I can't. I mean, I knew you were hurting mm -hmm. somewhere, and I saw that. And I, I watched and I go, okay, I can't, I can't watch anymore. I, and Because I, it, it made me tear up and made, I go, okay, I can't watch it. But I was glad that you, because you always say check your mentals. Yeah, you know, you check mentals <laughs> and then you go meditate. And I go, that's good. And, you know, and like, I think the yoga in the morning helps me out mm -hmm. to get me to a place where, because if I left, I think, honestly, if I, didn't, if I didn't do that, when I left the house, I have no doubt I would rip somebody's head off. And I mean, if I'm about to, because, you know, I mean, it started in 2016. And I just remember, like, I was going to a friend's wedding in, in Nebraska, and I had to drive. And that is the worst time to drive if you're hating people. <laughs> and, and so I, just remember, I just remember stopping at this gas station in Iowa, and these guys looking at me. I go, just, just say the word. I, like, I said, oh just, just say the word. I go, I'm ready to go. And I just remember, like, I, and I go, I got to find this mental place. 
You know what I mean? And I and it took me, it took me until I think until Biden got elected to finally get in the right mental space. So when you said check your mentals, that 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 resonated with me. And when you said check your mental, and you said in meditation, and it wasn't a bunch of, you know, like I said. 15 years ago, yeah, I'd have been like, well, what the fuck is she talking about? But now I get it. Because you get you gotta get this right. You gotta get this right. And if this is right, everything else goes right. So was that a process for you also? For sure. I mean, how did you find it? How did you get to medit- this part where meditation and it's helped you with your life? My kid's sister. So, you know, uh my youngest my young my baby sister mm-hmm. has lived out in basically California, LA, in the Malibu area for the past five years since she graduated from IU. And in the past couple of years, she became trained or found and then was taught um, kundalini yoga. Now, kundalini yoga specifically is the yoga of awareness. So the yoga that you're doing, kundalini will not look anything like it. In fact, it's the meditation we do. And most of the time we're seated. But it's it's easily one of the most like physically demanding and also like mentally demanding things, challenging things I've ever done. Because like we do it for 20 minutes at a time. My sister started this thing on Zoom on February the 2nd. And I've done it for six days a week. She does a 20-minute kundalini quickfire meditation online. Mm-hmm. Or online, And I've been in every single one of them. And like I said, I don't... Most of the 20 minutes, my brain is screaming. Like the whole time. It's like, you did you... We got to promo that show. Do we have a light for this? You got to do this. Are we doing this? You know, or just being like, just thinking of the humans I know or irritations I feel. And it's like, maybe the whole 20 minutes I feel completely like not Zen. Right. But the beautiful thing is when I get out of it, then the rest of the day I have that Zen or it starts to come. So it's like, the thing about meditation in general or what I'm learning, and I encourage anyone that hears this and is curious about it. It's like, you're never really in a place until way down the road where you're like still. And, you know, like it's meditation is more just like watching things like little clouds come into your mind and then just kind of watching them go out and reserving like I think we need to have less judgment all the way around on ourselves. You know what I mean? Yes. And others. And so like in meditation, you strip that judgment away and you just say, hey, every time your brain goes somewhere, if you bring it back in the snapback, that's where the meditation is. So it's like, even if you're in there in the whole time, like I said, brain screaming, body's hungry, tired, why, what, not working. Well, I'm just here to tell you, all I know is that like, I had an idea and understanding of what meditation was on February the 2nd, I locked in at just the 20 minute mark. That's it. Not an hour, not more, 20 minutes, basically every day since then. And I mean, I went from January 1st, I had one date down on my calendar, one, and it was for the end of January or it was, no, it was for the beginning of March, mm-hmm. March 1st, and it was Toledo, Ohio, and it was supposed to be my first headline ever at 30 minutes, and I was like, awesome. Yeah. But guess what? I started meditating and doing other things, and I had headlined four times before that show. It just started happening, you know, so it's like, I don't, I can't tell you that any of this stuff is correlated. And honestly, if you're looking for a quick fix, none, nothing will do that for you. Yeah. But if you're willing to do the work all the way around and, like, have an understanding that moving your body, breathing... Yes, breathing is so important. You know. Yes. Sh- get logging off of social media. That's something for me. Yeah. You know, like where I find if I'm on social media, I just want to buy stuff or I'm constantly <laughs> like a comic will put out a flyer. A comic will put out a flyer, you know what I mean? And I'm like you're not doing enough. And I'm like that's not even Get off there. I bought a water pick last night. Yeah, yeah dude. At one get, o'clock in the morning. Get off there. <laughs> I'm on edibles half the time, so I don't drink anymore. Like, I don't need to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I forgot about an edibles purchase I made, and then a hat, got, a hat got delivered to my house last year, and it said, I will meditate and then destroy you. I haven't even worn it, because I'm like, what the fuck were you, what is that for? <laughs> like, who, what is that message? But I stand by it, but I'm like, more, yeah, just be careful. Like, just gentle with your mentals. See, I'm about to see a therapist. You know, so it's like, yeah. there are all those things where it's like, I'm, I'm such a proponent of that more than... More than even anything you could do comedically. Yeah, okay. Like, as a comic, I'm like, I, we can tell you. You even know better than I. We can tell you all the steps. Show up at mics. Be nice. Collaborate. You know, like, understand there's a million ways to be funny, and they don't all have to be in X, Y, Z. However, yeah. you know, it's just like, I don't even... It's just that your humanity will yeah. make you a better comic. Like, I realized that last year as well. I just had one of those moments of clarity where I'm like, oh, the strongest sharpest hannah in life yeah the best me that i can be as far as like the breathing the the physical natures the the discipline the boundaries um that i will be the best comic i'd ever be yeah doing that stuff yeah because i'm the best hannah i'll ever be yeah so if you're that and you can sharpen your pencil well you can write any fucking jokes well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And this is, I don't know. will hold more power and stamina when you're standing up there more complete as well. So burn yourself out. Like, and I mean, I did all that stuff too. 2019, I was five nights a week on stage, driving out of state, once yeah. a, every couple of weeks, working five mornings a week at garden table, serving, you know what I mean? Orange theory, just human, like being with humans. And now I'm like, oh no, this is, I'm taking, last year really slowed us down in a lot of ways and a right. lot of beautiful ways. And I realized I'm like, oh, I can do less with more. Yeah. Less shows. I don't have to be up there all the time. So it's like, honestly, you know, being at mics when you first start is important. You need to be at them. You got to show face. Like I showed my face everywhere. Yeah. But also like, even if you're not, if you're just committed to like working on your own face in your own life and looking at what that looks like in the mirror, well, I promise you your comedy will be stronger. Anything you do will be stronger because you are. Let me ask you this. This this I don't know, I don't know if it, it this I think bugged me more probably than you, because you kind of brushed it off. But it was on your Instagram. Okay. And this dude wrote, because I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it, and it, this was on her Instagram, so it's not like I'm bringing it up. But this dude wrote, and I quote go, if I'm being honest, I wish I could go with you to every mic and just learn from you and stick my head between your legs for hours at a time. But that is what it is. Don't leave me feeling dumb. And I was was like wow i mean you laughed it off but i was like you know what like it's hard not to laugh that off it's the but, absurdity of that entire paragraph here's why i laughed it off BT. okay okay one that's another open micer okay this was a a person that i had done like the joker's mic with okay on monday nights just a kid yeah. you know just a nice kid yeah when he sent me that, I remember reading it, and I. the funniest thing is, I'm so twisted up in my brain that immediately, like, it, it wasn't even about the going down on me part that, like, got me all thrilled. I was like, oh, wow, this, <laughs> this fucker wants to come with me to every mic and learn? Whoa. Like, my ego is like, oh, yeah, yep. And then you could go down on me. And either way, both of the things not on the table. But I, uh, it was so funny because, like, immediately I, I messaged back, and I was like, I legitimately, word for word, I just said, I don't have a response for that currently because I didn't. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know what to I just wasn't sure. And then the next day he texts like he messages me back and he's like, uh, I'm so sorry, I hadn't taken ecstasy in a while. <laughs> and I was like, It's all right, buddy. All of that was complimentary. I know that it came out weird. And frankly, you know, we don't have to dwell in it anymore because you said it and I screenshot it and put it on my inter on the internet. But I think that 
you know, and it hasn't really stopped anything. BT, I could put up things that people send me, guys and girls, all the time, and I just do not. I just, well, because that would open up a whole nother. But has it, I mean, but oh, okay, but on stage, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I like, I, you know, I see uh, people like, say, uh, who maybe talk, you know, I, I don't know, because I haven't seen your whole act, so I don't know if you talk, you know, openly sexually or whatever, but you know, I've, I've seen you when you open up for Bozeman or whatever, so I don't know your whole entire act. For so sure. I, I don't know if, you know, you're that open, but I know that, like, you know, like, I look at people like Nikki Glazer, Amy Schumer, whatever, sure. and I'm all for, okay, you know, talk about whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm like, man, you know, aren't you afraid of that one fan who's going to be a stalker, that one fan who's just not going to be like, oh, no, Maybe. she likes me. I'm already... I feel like I've made jokes about this on stage or to friends, but I'm already meeting some of those people. And and the thing is, it's like, it, I don't even think it has anything to do with my comedy. It's just more like I've always had that. Like people have always been drawn to me just because right. I'm, I'm a warm human. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm nonjudgmental. I always have like a, a just I have a, a vast knowledge with which to draw from and think. <laughs> And so, whatever, it's cool. And, and now, another thing, like, that's the craziest thing about this Asian-American violence. Before, I had been joking about on stage how, like, being Asian actually makes me ultra-popular. Because I was like, everybody, even racists, have boners for Asians. Mm. They do. I was like, <laughs> people love me because I look like every iteration of a sex doll. Like, you know what I mean? Like, truly. Like, if I just open my mouth on stage, like, depending, people are like, for sure, would, would buy that. We'll buy that model tomorrow. If you make sure it has... And that dude turned around yeah, he and looked I, at the same time. You are, like, dude. What do you say? What, yeah. What'd you say? yeah. Tickets to the Hand Canyon, baby. You can, uh, yeah, it would be a popular one. It would be the model of the sex doll. It would be called Trailer Moon. Uh, super cute. Um, look for it on shelves <laughs> soon. Um, don't tempt me. I also have an OnlyFans. I haven't used it yet. I created it last year as a contingency, but didn't even need to. I don't go there. We don't have to go there. Another, go another there. pod, BT. But yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely wild. But, like, people, I can see now, people will wait for me after shows. And even like the other night in Columbus, it was a little girl and she was adorable, yeah. you know, and it's like my body not having any tits and, you know, this, <laughs> this attitude <laughs> and my voice screams at least by, you know, but embarrassingly enough, I only like dudes. So stupid. I'm over it. <laughs> Ladies keep making pushes for me. I'm, you know, it keeps me alive and afloat, but I, I don't have much for you. But they'll be waiting, you know, and it'll be like an adorable, like, little girl, like, you know, and she'll just be saying stuff and just, like, wants to show me her Vonnegut tattoos and, like, relate to something. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to fuck your frat brother. <laughs> you know, I know you're better, but I, uh, I'm going to get a yeast infection instead. I, um, good on you. But, yeah, like, you can see. And I, I, I mean, I'm already, and that's where I'm like, I'm not fearful, but I definitely, you know. You never know how that kind of stuff can develop. Hey, so I'm just I mean, like being, yeah. I'm being more conscientious as well of just making sure that, you know, like a person that was on, in 2019 that was on the road by myself almost exclusively. Yes. I'm getting better about like now, even like my best friend, Scott, like kind of becoming a, like a manager figure for me and like some other things to make sure I have humans around me because it's just, frankly, it isn't safe. And I am at the end of the day, no matter how I feel, how secure, how no fear, how whatever loved and supported as I am, I am still an Asian American woman. Just a woman, period. And you know what I mean? In yeah, a racist a woman, period. state, you know, like states. But, so. yeah, but you know what? Yeah, but it's, it's a double thing because, I mean, you're a woman. Because I've, I've worked with women who were open sexually on stage, and, and I've seen what it does to guys. And I'm like, oh, boy. I say, like, you good, baby? I mean, you walk into your car. You know, because I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm a pervert. And it's it. But I don't cross that line. You know, sure. you might, if I work with you, I'd still be professional. You know, maybe, sure. you know, so it's like I see, but I see that, hey, you want to just hang out or something? I'm like, oh, this dude's a fucking, you know, this dude's a fucking nut. 
job. You better be careful. And that's what I worry about with comic with, with female because it starts out just being a female period. And the way sex is in in America or just in general anyway, you know, it, and you mix that with religion, and you guys, are, you know, it, it goes crazy with guys. Like, oh, she's like, that's why you know what the strippers said. That's why guys like catch strippers in a way because they're free with their sexuality. So like, oh God, you know, it's my kind of woman. She's open, but they they deal with that with that religious thing on top of it, that layer it, and like, oh, this is bad. No, but it's good. It's bad. And then so you come in with the funny also, and then so that's a, that triple layer. For sure, it's an approachable sexuality. You know what I mean? Yes. I've said I said to a dude one time a long time ago I was like all I need is fuck me feed me make me laugh and I was like honestly I can do all three and but the last two better than you so like just the first you know so it's like when you make jokes like that yeah people are like oh hey and you know you when you're making merch that says squirt curry on it <laughs> and people like I mean I was serving at garden table last year and a woman a person walked by and they were like squirt curry <laughs> and I almost dropped my avocado toast like the lady I was serving it to like looked at me and smiled and I was like it's one of my jokes <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it to you it's I don't it's racial and NBA uh, <laughs> I don't know what to, you know <laughs> so, but yeah, it, that that opens the floodgates for people saying all kinds of tomfoolery to you. Well, yeah, I mean that's why. But that, honestly, that's why I worry about females who do that because I know what comes with it. I mean, I mean, you know, with everything you say, something comes with you know. Or the guy, you can only get to a certain point when you argue with other dude, where it's like, all right, it's go time. You know what I mean? Sure. But that's just the truth. No matter what you talk about, there's going to be repercussions. And so with, with the woman, and you have you know male audience members, and it's going to be that one guy. I worry about that. Maybe he's drank a little too much, or he just waits around. He knows, or he knows where to wait. You know what I mean? See, and that's the kind of stuff where I will also say that I'm like being a little more conscientious of even on my social media because I'm a person where you can see where I'm at. And I like sharing where I'm at because I want to support small businesses and the things that are also very important to I've me. Seen it. However, I'm being careful to just like not post about things in like real time sometimes because like I don't want people knowing about where I'm walking out of every second of every day. You yes. know, like I'm understanding yeah. it's like there are different ways to share that that keep me a little more. Like out of harm's way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So good for you. I yeah. mean, just be careful. I'm I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I just love what you do on your social media. I love how you, like you said, check in on your friends, check your mentals. And, you know, it's okay to ask for help and, and what you're doing. And I mean, like I said, man, if I would have saw me 20 years talking like this, I'd be like, well, this guy's cheesy. But I mean, if from the bottom of my heart, I, I just, I, I love what you're doing. And I love how you check, like you said, check your mentals. Make sure you're good. You know, help other people. I'm going to say one more thing to you to get back to something we talked about at the very start. Okay. I didn't ever not like you. I never saw you. <laughs> I never saw BT out and about because BT is a headliner and he didn't come around. So what he's acting is like, oh, okay, I never saw Hannah. Hannah didn't talk to me. No, fucker would pop up like once a month at Helium. <laughs> I'd happen to be there. He'd come in. He'd get the longest spot on the mic and then he would walk out. He wouldn't even be there for the whole 25 people as, you know, frankly, I don't even like waiting through those kinds of stuff. So I was not able to really let you know or even get to know you in a way like the way I would have, but I've always had mad respect for you. In fact, that's part of the reason I didn't really say anything or pal around because I was like, I understood you to be a professional and doing like a good job. And I would, it's just like with those humans, I'd just rather kind of like watch and learn and then get to know you on my own time. Like I haven't met Miss Pat yet, but I know one day I will. And whenever I will, that'll be the most 
optimal time for that to happen. Right, right. You know, instead yeah. of Morty's way back when. Although yeah. I would have loved to have seen her beat that guy's ass at Morty. <laughs> oh, I was there that night. I yeah, was yeah. not, but yeah. I would have killed to be. <laughs> yeah. I'd have started comedy earlier just to watch Miss yeah. Pat. Well, thank you. Man. I mean <laughs> it. This dude. So yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean that. So I'm glad we got that out of the way. So good. So, but no, and honestly, I like how, and I didn't realize that until you said you said something on social, kind of like in the past, and like, hey, man, I can be on your show. I go, oh shit, and I was like, really? That's why I was like. Maybe she does come out. You know what I mean? Maybe there is a, like, I, I just thought For you sure. never did. I see everyone that's working. Yeah, so I, I didn't know. I was like, well, okay. That's why I was like, oh, really? And so I was so happy. So, man, I just thank you so much for coming by. And I I had, I knew I had to have you on because it was so, your life is so layered in everything. Like I said, you know, with the religious background and then with the, you know, the substance abuse problems that, that you know, and God bless you all neck. I know that's hard. Thank you. And you're getting through it. And I mean that because I know it's a battle. And I see it in your post. That's why, like, I'm glad you're okay. Mm-hmm. And you, and what, is it going on three years now that you're sober? Well, yep. So I'm about, I will be, September 5th will be my third year. Congratulations on, I mean that, it's tough. So congratulations on that. Congratulations on, just congratulations on life and how you're doing it. Because I, I know it's tough and you're doing it and you're living the dream. And, and I mean it from the bottom, it, it sounds cheesy, I know, but man, I'm just happy for you. And mm-hmm. I know it's a battle and I see that. I mean, I need, and I see that when in, when you talk on your post, and I'm just happy for you. So if you ever get in that spot, man, please hit me up, and we can just one hundred percent. And if anybody can hear the sound of my voice as well, like I'm very available. Like I'm busy, yeah. And you know, but it's like if you want to send anything from, you know, a request to potentially take me out to Texas Roadhouse, <laughs> or like twenty two year olds do, yeah. or you know, yeah. or you just like, I mean, I probably get a message once a week minimum from someone who wants to get sober or who's also watched something like that too and you know i don't talk about it every day and most of the time i don't but it's just like those are the kinds of things that like i you have access to me in that way too yeah like i'm a person i'll send you a message back i don't go through the program but i know all the people in it so it's like if you need help if you hear anything today that sounds like it resonates with you i am more than happy to like point you towards all the movers and shakers i know at any level Beautiful. And, uh, what, how, how can they reach you? How can they reach you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Handerpump Rules, like the show Vanderpump on Bravo, but with just H A N D E R Pump Rules. And then um, I'm Hannah Rushline on. Otherwise, I'm going to release a website soon, curatedsavage.com. And I got a bunch of other <laughs> shit coming. But uh, yeah. I wish you nothing but the best, Hannah. Thank you Homie, so this much. This was awesome. No, thank you so much for being my guest. I honestly, bottom of my heart, thank you so much. There's somebody who needed to see this, and I'm glad I heard your story. And I hope it resonates with everybody like it resonated with me. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for watching Tales from the Gemini with my wonderful guest, Hannah Rushline. And like I say around this time, pay.